Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com mother. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And Sarah, I heard you had some snow finally. We did. I was I had to pause to say the name of where I live. It's it's not Snowlandia. It's not Snowlandia anymore. Hashtag Snowlandia. Um, yes, we had winter finally made its way to the Pacific Northwest in a way that other people in the country would know winter. Because, you know, we do have four seasons here in Portland, but usually winter equals rain and um, exceptionally green um, landscape. And so, but our landscape turned white last week. We are recording this on uh, Wednesday, February 12th. And on Thursday of last week, it was overcast, but they were predicting a big snowstorm coming in. So they closed school at 1 p.m., and so I was like, are you kidding me? Like maybe four snowflakes had come down by 1 p.m. But by the time I picked up my kids at one school and went and got Phoebe at her middle school, I mean, this, the roads were definitely getting very white. And uh, we had it just finally uh, melted um, overnight. So we had it. <laughs> You've had four days of snow. But we had we had it's snow. <laughs> we had um, snow and then um, a specialty for Portland, which is freezing rain, which is always just tons of fun. Um, yeah. Note the uh, heavy sarcasm in my voice there. Um, it just, so we didn't have school then Friday, and then we didn't have school again on Monday. So the kids were home for four and a half days. And That's a long time. It was, and we were pretty housebound on Sunday in particular, because so, um, uh, so I live on the flat side of Portland. There's um, a little geography lesson. Portland is divided in half, east from west, by the Willamette damn it, river. Um, and uh, so the, I live on the east side, and that's the pretty much the flat side of town. And wait, wait, wait I, I was going to not interrupt you, but why did you swear at the river? Because that's how you know how to say it, Willamette. It's not the will I am it. it. There's no second I in it, and so that's how you know it's Willamette, damn it. Um, okay. It's All a, right, just because people... Hollywood like, what, why, why, why is she angry at the river? <laughs> yeah, no. It's not the one that snowed. <laughs> yeah, so, and it didn't even freeze or anything. So, yeah, so we, um, so on Friday and Saturday, the kids did a lot, a lot of sledding, and you get kind of creative with where you go sledding. Uh, it could be a neighbor's, you know, 50-foot-long driveway or, gosh, 25-foot-long driveway um, down into the street because they didn't plow the streets around us. So, you know, there are tons of people cross-country skiing in the streets. Which Isn't that fun? I love that. It is. It's We don't have cross-country skis, but it is. It's very romantic. And, um, you know, there's a certain, I don't know, it has a pioneer quality to it almost to me. And um, so there's a, a park near us that has uh, a few hills. And boy, it was like just Grand Central Station 
uh, for sledding. It was, there were just so many people out. And Alex, our producer's nodding his head. He's like, oh, yeah, I know that park. Um, and then, but there's also, there's a couple I've mentioned. There's a ridge um, that goes up about a mile from my house up to this area called the Alameda. And um, there's this one one-way street. There's a single one-way street that comes down. It's a super steep hill. And I learned um, during um, our big snowstorm that it has a name. It is... Um, dead man's hill or dead man's something because it's so steep and you go flying out if you're not careful you go flying out into this bizarro intersection that has like five streets coming together at once so it's kind of a chaotic intersection even when there's no snow involved but there was very very little car traffic out i mean um you know people drive with chains here when uh or some people do when the snow hits and so um you know like buses have had chains on them on their tires and um uh, yeah. So anyway, so it yeah, was. So you pretty much had winter like the rest of the country. Does. I did. I did. But, it, but... I mean, that's, so you feel like part of the cool club now, right? I Finally, like... I know what they feel like when they complain about having to be inside or not being able to get their workout in. I'm, but I'm... yeah, so that's the question, Sarah. Did you? Because I know you don't belong to a gym, right? I do not belong to a gym. I, I mean, you I don't go on a treadmill, right? And I, I go to this place called the Refinery, and it's that's where I take my bar style class. And um, so I do have an indoor, but that's a class situation. And and I mean, I didn't drive from when I got the kids home on Thursday I didn't drive again until yesterday morning until the snow was almost gone on Tuesday morning so um you know Jack would drive the kids over to that sledding park but I didn't I'm, I'm like nope uh-uh, not doing it not driving on this stuff so I okay so here's how it went here's how my workouts went was that I went I wasn't paying close attention to the weather forecasts and so Wednesday night I went out with Sage Roundtree, who has been a guest on our show, and uh, we didn't don- we didn't start dinner until like eight fifteen, so I was out pretty late. So I'm like, okay, Thursday's my rest day. Well, if I'd known that snow was barreling down on us, there's no way I would have taken that rest day. So oh, I was, dang it. Ugh, and then I was hindsight bit- is fifty fifty. I right? know it, it's twenty twenty. Yep, or and- twenty twenty <laughs> or fifty fifty. I mean, if you want to, like, you know, if you don't have your glasses on, it's fifty fifty. <laughs> you have a stigmatism, <laughs> right? And so, uh, so yes, yeah, so and there was, I mean, the, the itchy twitchy, you know, streak side of me, you know, the exercise for five and a half years in a row side of me was like, oh, I really that need one. to get outside and go running now. And I'm like, no, Sarah, there's work to be done. Uh, you know, the kids had to be picked up at one. So I did not exercise on Thursday. And then Friday, it was super duper snowy and kind of slick by the on Friday. And so I, oh, Molly and I took a walk. We So we walked for three miles or thereabouts. And so, because also because snow, um, I just get so worried. I have this like irrational fear of pulling a groin muscle. Not sure exactly why it's specifically a groin muscle, but, but that's what that's I think. Your, of, that's when you think of falling. It's yeah. not a broken wrist or a bruised bomb. It's your groin. Yes, okay. it is. It is. You know, you got to protect the, the important parts. Yeah, uh, exactly. So if you're going to be housebound, you don't want to have a pulled groin. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so we walked on Friday and then, but while we were walking, we, we saw a lot of runners and I felt envious of them. And I, and I was finally like, Hey mall. Oh, and it was also pretty cold and windy on Friday. It was very cold and windy. Actually. It was, um, you know, kind of the high teens and very, very windy. And, um, so anyway, so, but we decided that we would go running outside on Saturday and Molly's like, let's go for a long time because you know, it's our window of opportunity. So we ran nine miles 
and the second hour of it was quite snowy. I mean, it was, you could see maybe a block and that was just about it. But, but we just felt super badass and it was a lot of fun and we were laughing a lot and, um, you know, people were like, oh, you, you know, you gals are so hardcore. I'm going to the treadmill or whatever. And we're like, yeah, yeah. You know, we had a little swagger. And then um, freezing rain came in on Saturday night. So Sunday, um, Jack and I walked to do errands on Sunday afternoon. And then I walked again on Monday to do more errands. I um, went to the library and to the bank to process some checks. Aren't I thrilling? Um, <laughs> wow, well, that's, this is a great story. <laughs> everyone else, everyone else, like people, mother, mother runners in North Dakota, Minnesota, Vermont are like, yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, um, I know. But you're so, telling the story of my life for yeah, the past, know. you know, three months. And but, Sarah's like, and then at 2.42 on Saturday <laughs> afternoon, this freezing rain started. Yes. I did not know what to do. I did not want to drive. <laughs> so, but, but it's at the city, you know, I mean, we're not quite as bad as, say, a city like Atlanta that really, really shuts down. But, but it was, you know, it uh, it right. definitely the 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 landscape had a, a different tenor to it. Well, and, no, but the fact is, it's gone. It's gone, right? There's it no snow gone. left. It's gone. We I ran mean, we ran eight miles this morning, and the pavement was a little damp. But it was there was no. I mean, it's fifty degrees today. You so, didn't pull a grind, did you? I did not pull a grind. No, I did not. Okay, I did you. not. But um, so, um, uh, but inspired by the Olympics, I tried to. Get, we went to a stop by a skate park, and I tried to get up on one of the railings. You know the where people you know do the grinding on the rails, and I couldn't even get up. And Molly and I were just laughing so hard, and I'm like, "Oh, you have to take a picture once I get up." Instead, she takes all these pictures of me trying to get up on the railing. <laughs> was it was was it icy? It was. Oh gosh, no. I mean, it's it's. She was Molly today was wearing a short sleeve shirt and capris. No, no, no. I mean, was the was the railing icy? No. Oh, there's no there the, no ice. Ice doesn't so why stand was a it chance. Hard to get up on because it, it was high. Oh. <laughs> No. So oh, there was no weather element there. There was no weather element. It was just you know a master's runner who's a little tight in the hips and and it was a little <laughs> too high. And but I was you know totally. I've been oh gosh, I've been staying up so late watching the Olympics. Tell me you're with me on that one. Are you staying up late to watch? Or oh, no? Sarah, who are you talking to? <laughs> no, and I I gotta say I just have a really hard time with the Olympics. I, I, you know, social media has been great for another mother runner. I'm not not you know dissing the SM, but. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'm on Twitter and I see that Sean White got fourth and snowboarding, you know, before reading that tweet from Outside Magazine before you get to see that he, you know, before you get to see his run. Yeah. So I just, I mean, and that's fine. I mean, but I still like to watch. My kids are obsessed and oh, I are? love that. Oh my gosh, they're obsessed. I mean, Amelia, especially. Oh. She is, um, she, wa- she wanted to hook up, um, you know, we have, uh, on the computer, the Comcast ID or whatever, mm-hmm. so you can watch anything anytime. Uh-huh. Um, so she's, you know, she was bugging us to get that hooked up. I'm like, I don't know where my user ID is. And I finally <laughs> found that. So um, I, so I got her hooked up. Yeah. They were drawing, um, they drew the Olympic rings mm-hmm. and ben did all five found... of them make it did, or did one have a malfunction? <laughs> <laughs> one didn't open. You know, they're a little wobbly, but they're all made it. Amelia proceeded to write the name of every country. No, she did not. Participating in the rings. Um, meanwhile, in the ben, Olympics, in the Olympics, uh-huh. yeah, in the Olympics, she wrote them in the rings. Uh, meanwhile, Ben started with the list of American athletes, writing every <laughs> word, every, the name of all the American athletes. Hello, these are my children, the transcribers. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I mean, Ben, but Ben, one day, um, you know, they were learning. 
They learned, uh, you know that song, 50 Nifty United States. Do you know no, that by any I, chance? I don't it's, know that song. No. Well, I'm not going to sing it. Okay. Um, but it's a, uh, it's a, it's a real, it's a real crowd winner at, you know, school concerts in the first and second grade uh-huh. set. So um, when they're the not, teacher, when they're not singing Africa, uh, yeah, Toto's exactly. Africa. <laughs> so when the, the the music teacher said that she would have a pizza party for anybody who would win, who anybody who would learn. The words to 50 nifty united states first you know get the states in all the right order so ben came home and this is you know quote unquote homework so i let him jump on the computer um to the youtube video and he spent an hour writing them all down you know <laughs> copying because he would see would we got the youtube video you know wyoming would come up he'd pause write down wyoming you know pause <laughs> west virginia and i realized those aren't in alphabetical order but you know what i'm saying yep um and so he learned it he got the pizza party there's something about wait is this kid. a private pizza party is this like survivor like a, a food <laughs> <Exactly>. challenge <laughs> we got to pick a couple friends yeah they had it during lunch with a music teacher yeah yeah oh my goodness quite a quite a uh can can okay so now we have to have you know you've shared your my kids a geography nerd uh story i have one too um so on monday the snow day so daphne my eight-year-old loves to talk about the capitals of the states and so she was like mom mom can you find something so that give me a test so that I can write down all the capitals of the states. So I went online and, you know, went to these homeschool sites and finally found uh, this thing that listed all the state capitals, but with the state missing. I found a lot of them that that had both of them. So they had a big blank line, you know, be Salem blank and, you know, um, Austin blank, Denver blank. And so, um, so yeah, she filled in all 50 states and got them all right. Yep. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah. Amelia just took that test, um, oh. and she she was very excited. She wanted to get hundred percent, and she spelled Sacramento wrong. She oh. thought it had uh, two e's. Uh, two e's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like like, like sacred. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. But um, yeah. So anyway, so the Olympics. I mean, yeah. So I I have not. I I have been watching them. I have my eye on them. But I gotta say, they don't hold the same allure as they used to, just because I feel like. Like everything else, it's everywhere and it's in your face all the time now. It's not this like little special chunk of time, you know, at night when you didn't know what happened until you watched, you right? Need to, you need to live in a, a bubble like I live in. Um, I did accidentally learn that uh, um, that Sean White came in. I knew that he didn't win the gold. I didn't know what place he came in because I went to the New York Times homepage and there was Splash the Crown. I'm like, don't! Uh, so, um, but anyway, my gosh, I, I gotta say that. So when they started, I was like, ah, yeah, I'm kind of into them. And, and I just wasn't feeling the usual thrill that I feel when the Olympics are on, but boy, that feeling has passed. And I have, I am just hopped up with Olympic fervor. And, um, what's your, what's your favorite winter sport? Oh, I got, and well, so I don't know, but, but I have to say that when, so Jack and I, we love watching, uh, the Olympics together because Jack would watch any sport on TV. So the fact that, oh, look, you know, Sarah will watch it with me. I think it's especially exciting for him. So I mean, like last night I got home from having dinner with Ellison, my, well, my running partners. And I mean, it was, I don't know quarter of nine when I started watching the Olympics basically like blinked and it was 1030 I blinked again and it was 1130 I was like oh what am I doing here <laughs> uh, so thankfully I'd taken some calms forte earlier so I was able to fall asleep pretty quickly but I mean I it was the night of Sean White's um disappointing uh run in the half Fourth pipe grade. yeah Fourth and place finish yeah. oh my gosh and my jaw was so tight when we finally turned off the tv and I just was like it doesn't matter 
what place Sean White finishes in the halfpipe has no bearing on my life. Why am I so stressed out about this? And, um, oh, I don't know. I love, um, I've been really liking that slope style. I think that's pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, that's fun to watch. I mean, I don't, it's not like I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch it, but I watch it now with less interest than I used mm-hmm. to just because I, I feel like I just don't have the, either I have the knowledge or it just feels a little. Well, the the excitement's taken out of it. It's like you already, you know, know the end, you've read the last pages of the novel. And so sort of like, oh yeah, okay, well, I know where the story's going. But like, yeah, I was really so do you just not go on social media at all? Um, I, I don't go onto my homepage of Twitter. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, but like I knew, um, so that Aaron girl, whose name I'm spacing out, who won the bronze in luge, single luge. luge, which was the first American luge medal ever. She, Aaron Hamlet, is that right? Something. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. To that. Yeah. So I should know because she is the cousin of my very good friend, Chalkley. So oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, Chalkley had texted me during the day and she's like, my cousin, Aaron, you know, whatever it is, I could look at if I didn't have my Hamlin. phone. It's Aaron Hamlin, not Aaron, Hamlin. It's Aaron Ham- Hamlin. I know Hamlin, that. yes. She said, my cousin, Aaron Hamlin, just won a medal in the luge. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so exciting. So I knew that outcome, like when they were trying to make it look like, oh, is she going to, you know, stay on the podium and that whole thing. So I knew um, that she was going to, to get a medal. But still, it was really thrilling to see and have that sort of personal connection. Um Oh, I mean, I think I was watching some of the um, cross-country skiing over the weekend. I mean, oh, that's just I like, I was watching so that, too. Grueling. That was great. Oh. oh, my gosh. And that biathlon. Oh, my. They, you know, they. it's basically like sprint your guts out and then pretend like you're sleeping. And oh. now they'll sprint your guts out a lot. And did you see that they have a, a penalty lap in biathlon? No. So so the way it works is, you know, you, you ski and then you shoot. Mm-hmm. And instead of having like a time penalty for if you miss a shot, they have to shoot five bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and if they miss one, they do a penalty lap, which oh. is like a 20 second lap. So you have to, it's, it's physically hard. It's not just, oh, you get, add 20 seconds to your time, right. but you have to, you know, so it was, but it was kind of fun to watch because you see these like kids that are basically like, you know, the equivalent of being placed in the corner doing their laps. <laughs> and then the other ones are out around. And, oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Oh my no, gosh. That was fun. I watched it. I watched some good skate. The, the team skating thing has been was was fun very, to watch. Very exciting. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, you know, um, I've told you that John Shea, my first husband, had a has that whole um, Winter Olympic history in his family that is well yeah he's yeah. from like Placid right yes uh, so his family was from like Placid and his grandfather Jack Shea won uh, two Olympic gold medals in the 32 games which were held in his hometown of Lake Placid and he um, Grandpa Shea had brought in the carried in the American flag and he was the first uh, won the first American medal and so Grandpa Shea was a real hero as well he should have been in Lake Placid. And then one of his sons, Jim Shea, was an Olympic biathlete. And then Jim's son, Jimmy, was uh, competed in the Olympics in the first time they had skeleton, which was at the um, Salt Lake City Games. And Jimmy won the gold medal in that. And um, if people remember that um, Grandpa Shea was actually um, made news because he was actually killed by a drunk driver while he was out on his walk just a few weeks before the, oh, I yeah, remember that. Yeah, oh, before shoot. the 2002 Olympics. And um, so, yeah, I was actually pregnant with Phoebe then. I remember that very well. And, you know, Jack loves his ESPN. So it had come across the um, news that, that, you know, Jack Shea had been killed by a drunk driver. And um, so, and, you know, Jack Shea is not my current husband's grandfather, but he is my first husband's grandfather. He was my first husband's grandfather. And so I was still asleep and Jack came in and he said, I have some very sad news for you. And he said that Grandpa Shea had been killed. And so 
That was right before the Olympics, and they were going to have Grandpa Shea handing off, you know, the flame to Jim Shea to Jimmy Shea, and so they had to change that. So, but, um, so we, I've spent when I was married to John, we spent a lot of time in Lake Placid, and we got to go down the, um, you know, they let tourists go down the. Like probably the final mile of the bobsled run with, you know, professional bobsledders. You're in a four-person sled. And, oh, my goodness, that was just so scary and so thrilling. And just you're wearing a helmet. I remember I banged my head against the side of the sled during one of the turns. And it was just like, oh, where am I? Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, wow. yeah. So anyway, so I have, um, you know, I've skated on the Olympic Oval there and all that stuff. Oh, I know. And speaking of that, I got to say, I love short track speed skating. That sport is so scary and thrilling. Yes, Um, it is. I agree. I agree. I interviewed, um, oh, I'm not going to be able to remember her name right now, but she's um, on the team. And the thing that was very interesting to me about short track speed skating, I didn't know, but you know, when they pass somebody, Mm -hmm. they have to set that up like two or three laps before, or at least one lap before they pass. It's not like you just say, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go around you now. It's like, they're thinking about the move that they're taking, like, Mm -hmm. you know, a minute before they're going to take it. Oh yeah. Oh, there's so much strategy involved. It's thrilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just didn't. I, I, I thought it was more like, oh, I'm gonna go around you now. Oh, you I know? see an opportunity. Yeah, like in a road race or something. You know, like, yeah, hey, who? Yeah. I'm gonna pass this person as we come to this corner. Yeah, no, no, no. So yeah, yeah. and then the and then long track too. I gotta say, I mean, I think of that. I, it reminds me so much of rowing mm-hmm. and like a head race. You know, in a head race and rowing, you start you stagger your start. So you mm-hmm. don't. I mean, you know, if you pass somebody, then obviously you're in a good place. But a lot of it is just running against yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a Mm -hmm. lot like running too, you know, like, can I push myself even harder? And I just think it is so hard just to race against the clock, you Mm -hmm. know, and knowing, and it's not like a swimming final where you've got six people and you can kind of see peripherally, you know, kind of how you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, it is just me and the clock and the person who's in first, you know, skated three rounds ago and I've got to push harder than I ever have. I mean, that is serious mental toughness. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it just, I mean, I don't know. They make it look all those sports. They make it look so easy, and it's just like you—you you oh. just you, my, my lungs just burn watching them do it, and my quads are like, no, stop. <laughs> I know, I know, right, right. Especially the short ones. Well, they all hurt. I mean, they all hurt, and yeah, they all—they all make it look so easy. And they all have something attached to their feet, so you know it's not easy. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, we can all kind of swim and bike and run more or less, but you know, we don't all put strap on our speed skates, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com AMR. That's BarkBox.com AMR. Woof! 
Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com AMR. Goodness. So, um, well, we are going to take a short break, but then we're going to come back with um, two guests to talk about uh, Zuma Amelia Island. But we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com mother. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com mother. And now back to our show. So thanks so much for joining us, Kristen and Jesse, uh, fresh off your running of uh, Zuma Amelia Island. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having us. We're both excited. So tell us um, about yourselves as runners. Kristen, you go first. Um, I know you've been sort of on again, off again with running a few times. So tell us, tell us how you became a runner. Well, I started running in high school because my track coach made me and I hated every second of it. Um, (laughs) He would make us run laps around the track and um, my cheerleading coach did. And I kind of cursed their names every time they made me do it. And then um, I didn't run for several years. I picked it up again in college as just a way to kind of blow off steam. And then I met my husband who is or wasn't a runner at all at the time. Um, And... We had two kids, and I was looking back actually at my blog over pictures of my daughter's um, first birthday party and was kind of horrified because I was breastfeeding her and kind of took the whole you can eat whatever you want to when you're breastfeeding thing to heart. Mm -hmm. And I had gained quite a bit of weight. (laughs) So I was like, something has got to give. I've got to do something. So I started Couch to 5K in August of 2012, and since then have been running nonstop pretty much. I mean, you have been, my gosh, because you did the Space Coast Marathon, your first uh, marathon last November, and then you just did your second marathon, right, in Walt Disney World last month? Right. They were six weeks apart. Wow. And how did that go? Uh, I actually did a lot better at Disney than I did at Space Coast. Um, I think I went into Space Coast not really knowing what to expect with the marathon distance, because I think until you do it, you can't really wrap your head around it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's kind of like birth, right? Exactly. <laughs> so when I when I went to Disney, I kind of had a different game plan. You know, my time goals were completely different, and I really just wanted to enjoy it and have fun because I didn't do that at Space Coast. I was miserable. Oh, my gosh. Now, and then, and then Jesse, to bring you into this conversation so that I love that you have run a marathon. You've even done an Ironman, yet Zuma was your first half marathon. So, so what's up with that? Like, what's your running background and how, how is it that you never got around to racing 13.1? Well, I start a little different in that 
I decided when I was 23 that I was going to make this really great list of things to do before you turn 30. Mm -hmm. And at 29, I happened to look back at this list and one of the line items said run a marathon. (laughs) Well, when you're 23, you think, (laughs) I mean, what's 26.2 miles? Why wouldn't you be able to do that? And here we were and it was where the rubber had to meet the road and I was a year off and I went, well, it's now or never. Um, (laughs) So I signed up with Team and training because I figured at least there I felt like I was doing something for the good of others as well as, you know, health and, and, and everything else that goes with running. Um, so I jumped right in to have running a handful of 5Ks and literally just followed the training schedule that uh, my TNT coach gave me. Um which probably sounds a little crazy, and mm-hmm. that's probably how I got to the point of where I had never run 13.1 miles, but I have done all the other distances in between. Um, it just takes a little bit of nuttiness, and like you guys were talking about, ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the same thing, like, well, I'll run 26.2 miles, or I'll do a, an Ironman, because ignorance was bliss, and I didn't realize how much it actually hurt <laughs> uh, when you get out there and you train. So now did yeah. the, did the marathon come before the Ironman? It did. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And now, okay. now, now well, speaking you of on that, at least. Yeah. <laughs> 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 now, now, but speaking of nuts, Kristen, you did the Zuma half marathon six days after Walt Disney marathon, which again was six weeks after you did this, your first marathon. So it was marathon six weeks later, marathon six days later, you did Zuma half. So like, what was your thinking behind that? How did it make, you know, how did your legs feel when you got to that starting line at Zuma? Um, there really was no thinking behind it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a special medal, 26.2 plus 26.2 plus 13.1. No, I wish there was. Um, I I actually ran my first half last February at the Princess Half at Disney. Uh-huh. And, Where um, we met you. Uh-huh. Exactly. And a month before that, I watched my husband's best friend cross the finish line at the Disney Marathon. And I was sitting there watching him going, well, if he can do this, I can do it. Like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> of course. That is the, that is the whole marathon mindset, right? When you're a spectator, you're like, if they can do it, I can do it. I feel like that's gotten me into a lot of trouble with running. I'm like, if somebody else can do this, I can definitely do it. So I went in, I finished the princess half. And as soon as it was over with, I wanted the next big thing to work towards. Mm-hmm. And because I actually, I do a lot better if I have a big goal that I'm working towards, like the little smaller things, I'm just like, oh, I can, you know, push my way through it. It won't be a big deal. But if I have that big end goal, Mm -hmm. then I'm a lot better at pushing myself. So I debated signing up for either Space Coast or Disney, and I couldn't decide because they're both supposed to be amazing races. And I actually spoke with Jesse's boyfriend about it, and he was like, just do both of them. And I told, <laughs> I told him he well, was crazy. Wait, we have to say that Jesse's boyfriend is a team and training coach, so it's, he's not a completely random person to ask this question of. Right. He, I get a lot of my running advice from him. Okay. Uh, I hope so. some of it's better advice than that. But. <laughs> <laughs> so I signed up for both of them. And then after signing up for um, Disney, I got an email from the ladies at Zuma asking me if I wanted to be an ambassador for the race. And I started looking at the website and, you know, the amazing race location and you finish on the beach and it's this girls getaway weekend and you, you can't say no to that. Mm-hmm. Of course <laughs> so you can. I was That's like, awesome. well, I might hurt really bad the next week, but I'm going to go for it. Oh, my gosh. Well, so, and you talked, um, Kristen, that you had done, you did Princess, so that's a, an all-women's race, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Jesse, have you ever done an all-women's race before Zuma? 
I have not. And it was, it was a very, very cool experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why do you say that? I mean, what, what made it different? Well, I, I think there's, when you go into a woman's race, there's definitely a lot different feel. So when you're in a co-ed race, it is definitely geared towards, and I'll say this with all the love in my heart, uh, geared towards men. So you have three portalettes for a thousand people to use, and none of them are very nice at the end of the time when you actually need them. Whereas when you're running a woman's race or in particular the Zuma, there were rest stations, um, there were portalettes along the way. They definitely think about the things that women like and that we need to have so that we're comfortable, like coffee at the start line or um, extra portalettes or um, that your your portalettes and your uh, water stations are a little bit closer together than they would be at your normal marathons or your normal distance events. Mm-hmm. So every mile and a half, as opposed to every three and a half miles. Um, and it just felt like the end of the race was a party. So mm-hmm. you, you got to, you had foam rollers and you had yoga and you had uh, champagne because I'm not a beer girl and <laughs> I would much prefer a glass of champagne. Um, you know, you didn't just have bagels and bananas like you expected every other race. You actually had a nice boxed meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you took some of those modern conveniences that you have in every other day life and they combined it with a race and that was extra special. Mm-hmm. That's great. Did you, did you feel a different atmosphere on the course having all women running around you versus having a co-ed race? I would say you did. You felt a little bit more free to, you know, if I was wearing a tutu, I would not look any different than every other girl out there. Whereas in <laughs> sure. a co-ed race, if you're wearing a tutu, you kind of get some odd stares. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was it was a lot more supportive. So the girls around you were willing to, you know, boost you along where and you might be getting tired and you want to walk. They're, you know, come run with us. And there's always people to chat with. Um, so it's more of a social atmosphere than it was a true race atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you touch upon tutus and Kristen, I noticed that you're always rocking. I know that was Jesse talking, but back to you, Kristen, that that you're always rocking the cute skirts in your races, even when the Zuma race this year was shockingly cold. Um, so I don't know. Talk to us about your love of running skirts and, and how you even braved bare legs on, what was it, like 30 degrees that day or something? <laughs> I think it was 32 at the starting line Uh and the the starting line actually starts in downtown Fernandino, which is absolutely gorgeous, but it's also on the water. Mm. So not only was it cold, but it was windy Mm. and we were all, this is another thing that I think happens at women's races, not so much men's, you know, before a men's race, you see all these people running around and they're warming up. We were all huddled together. (laughs) there, There was no personal space at all. We were just cuddled up, making friends with new people and trying to keep each other warm. Nice. And there's a few girls who reached down. They're like, oh, my God, your legs are free. They literally felt like ice cubes because <laughs> from where my skirt ended to where my compression sleeves began was just exposed skin. And it, it was cold. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I do. I love my um, I actually run in the same skirt. They're the Lululemon Pace Center skirts. And I found them early on when I started running and they don't ride up on me. Mm-hmm. So and I feel like they're a little bit more modest than just running in the boy shorts. Mm-hmm. So I, I find what works and I stick to it, even well, though my husband doesn't like the price tag. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so you guys, and you, it was, so the two of you know each other through team and training. Is that right? Or how do you I'm, know each other? My husband was actually friends with Jesse in college. Oh, okay. So I kind of inherited her when I got married. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yay. It's better than a, you know, you know, junky couch from your husband's bachelor <laughs> days or something. A much better prize. <laughs> yes, I, I've actually told him several times that if we ever get divorced, I'm taking her with me. She's not his anymore. You didn't put she it in your prenup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you were there with, you, did you went to Zuma Amelia Island with two other friends. Is that right? So did did you guys kind of have a getaway weekend? Um, we tried to. We had um, another girl that Jesse and my husband knew in college and then a friend of mine that I met from another mom's group when I was pregnant. Um, and we were all there for the weekend and we stayed at the Ritz-Carlton, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, but being moms, we kind of had to get back to our kids after it was all over with. So we didn't get to make a whole weekend out of it, but we did um, stay downtown. We went and got lunch and tried to do a bit of shopping. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. find anything good well we found milkshakes <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't let us take our milkshakes into the little antique shops and stuff that we wanted to look at so we decided we'd keep our milkshakes and go back and do lunch again another time and go shopping i like it the milkshakes are good with a capital g so i like that was a great answer great answer so now um so back to the back to the race itself jesse i know you're shooting for a 210 or better at zuma but you all ended up finishing in about 222 so how did you all feel about your race effort itself you know, we kind of went into it and, and I had that goal set in my mind and, and Kristen said, well, I'll hang with you as long as I can. And about halfway through the race, um, Kristen wasn't feeling so hot, obviously six days after a marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it would be more fun to finish with my friend than it was to attain a goal of nice. a arbitrary time that happened to be thrown out there. Mm-hmm. So I would tell you that abandoning that race goal was by far the best decision that we made because we actually got to have a good time. We got to, you know, take in the scenery. We weren't miserable at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say overall, it was definitely the right decision to make. And 210 is still out there as a goal. Mm-hmm. Um and it'll be achieved at some point soon. Absolutely. Well, and so I'm just curious because that's, that's, I think that's a really good lesson to learn that, you know, sometimes what you want and what you can get, you, as the Rolling Stones said, you can't always get what you want, right? Um, so I'm just curious, did you guys make a conscious decision to say, okay, we're just going to let the 210 pacer go? Or was it just kind of understood that once you hit a certain pace, you were just like, fine? I mean, was it, was it a conversation or was it just, does it just kind of evolve? No, it was an absolute conversation. We we actually hung with the 210 pacer for quite a while. Um, and then at one point, you know, I looked at Kristen and, and she looked at me and we both said, I said, how much of this do you really care about? And she goes, I don't care. Do you care? And I said, you know what? I'd rather us have a good time. And so it was a very conscious decision that we said, you know what? Let's finish the last uh, five miles having a good time as opposed to being miserable. Nice. Nice. I like it. I like it. Because despite being cold, it was a super, it looked like a really beautiful sunny day. It was. And you run right along the ocean front and you could take in the beautiful houses and the scenery that was around you. For us, that was more important than hanging with a 210 pacer. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So, so what's next on your race calendars? Is there perhaps another Zuma out there for you? I think we both, well, Kristen's got one coming up before myself. Um, uh, my next 
race is a 15K here in Jacksonville called the Gate River Run, which is also the 15K National Championship. Oh. Uh, I am not in it to win the 15K National <laughs> You're Championship. You're not. Let's make that clear. <laughs> I'm in it for a good time again. Uh, and this one's actually fun because it goes through downtown Jacksonville. And there tends to be a lot of people along the race route that like to share their mimosas and their breakfast <laughs> items with you. Uh, so that's going to be more of my pace. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you're not a beer girl, too, so the mimosas it, it, will be right up your alley, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Kristen? Um, I'm actually running the gate as well. Um, it was one of my favorite races that I did last year, so it was definitely going back on the list this year. Uh-huh. And then I have another half marathon that I'm pretty sure I convinced Jesse to run with me in my hometown, uh-huh. which is uh, it's a super small race. I think there were maybe 200 oh people goodness. that ran. Oh, if that, mm-hmm. yeah. But it, the thing that was kind of fun about that one for me is it goes through this teeny tiny town in South Georgia. So I run past the house that my grandparents lived in when I was younger, and the playground I used to play out with oh. my. My cousins and my mom and my aunt kind of stalked me all along the course where, <laughs> you know, in bigger races, they can't really do that. Uh-huh. So that one's, um, it's the Bainbridge Half Marathon at the end of March. And then, of course, the Princess Race next weekend. Oh, right, right. We're oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you are, have you signed up for Marathon Maniac status or anything like that? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, so I, I like to spend my money on my running skirts instead. <laughs> okay. You got to save up for those, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and do you have another twenty-six point two out there for you? Since you say you like big goals. You know, after I finished Disney, I wasn't entirely sure that I wanted to run another one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we had Jesse and I have a mutual friend that is considering running her first. Mm. And she kind of got the running bug after Jesse and I uh, started running again. So, you know, if she's going to run it, I kind of have to do it with her. <laughs> I, I totally uh, endorse that. That's a good so I, I definitely think it's in my future. Very good. Well, thanks for joining us, ladies. It was fun hearing about your times at Amelia Island. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for having us. Dimity, now I want some champagne. That's <laughs> is it too early? You really? Are you a champagne girl? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not. No. Um, no. Um, I um, no, and also uh, mimosas. I don't like. I the few times I have drank in the morning, it doesn't do well. Um, well, yeah, it kind of it kind of uh, wears me out for the rest of the day. And yeah, orange juice. Should we just bitch a little bit about mimosas and champagne? <laughs> <laughs> orange juice, just I, I've never been an orange juice fan. I used to drink it oh. growing up, and it just, unless it's like really fresh, it burns the back of my throat a little oh, bit. Look at that. Has that ever happened to you? Um, I have had that happen, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I'm just like, out of all the juices in the world, like the orange juice is the least uh, appealing, which is funny because I love oranges. I, I'll drink it. I'll eat an orange all day long. Um, but anyway, but yeah. And, and even the beer, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a beer girl, but even a beer after a race is really hard to, to stomach. I mean, there were some after, um, well, you drank one after Ragnar. Um, I did. I did. That was late. That was late afternoon. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it's afternoon, but even mm-hmm. then it just isn't appealing to me. Like, I just feel like I'm so dehydrated and I'm such a lightweight when I drink. Mm-hmm. I'm not a lightweight in any other part of my life. <laughs> you I and step me on both. A scale uh-huh. and the yeah. size of my pants, anything. But um, 
but I just, it, it, you know, I'm one, I am a cheap date, one beer, one glass of wine, and I am good to go. So, you know, I was, but, I had to be, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. But it is fun that Zuma has that they have um, barefoot wine at their events oh. and it definitely makes for, it, it enhances that party atmosphere that Jesse and Kristen, Kristen were talking about. Oh yeah. And I've had it too. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I, yeah. I know that it doesn't work for me, but then you see it and you're like, Oh, that sounds kind of good. <laughs> and um, I mean, Zuma has a total party atmosphere. They are the best post-race party. I think of anything we've been to. I mean, I've never been to a rock and roll concert, you know, like, which mm-hmm. is way after the fact of a rock and roll marathon. But I mean, you cross the finish line, you get a really cool necklace mm-hmm. and then you walk out and they, like she said, they have a box of food. They have the, a little bit of champagne. They have foam rollers for you. They have shopping. Mm-hmm. They have a live, band playing i mean it's just it's it, it really um is conducive to just hanging out and enjoying mm-hmm. some time with yourself or your friends that you came with mm-hmm. and they sometimes have us at their at their after race parties i mean what more do you want at a that party? was the shopping part sarah <laughs> see i was just putting out in a very like you know generic way they have shopping and sarah's like but look we're here too we're here too <laughs> so because we're gonna be at the napa valley the inaugural napa valley race um of napa which speaking of um zuma is has a contest running through the 24th this month which you can find on their facebook page um zuma um just go to zuma on facebook and if you're a blogger you can enter to win a trip to their new napa valley race which is june 28th and um you get airfare and hotel for yourself plus one of the readers of your blog so it's a total great deal not only for yourself but for your readers so um if you are a blogger check that out and um yes so and we will be there and i'm going to be running that napa valley you gave me permission yesterday to um not be selling uh so i get you haven't sent in your sheet yet though you need to have you know a parent permission sign slip or something i don't know does jack need to do that or your kids your mom i'll get my mom on it yeah yeah (laughs) I'm going to forge your signature. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. So uh, we're looking forward to, to doing that. Um, so, yeah. So, and if you want to find us on Facebook, we're at Run Like a Mother the Book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we are The Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, are available on Amazon as well as on our own site. And many happy miles to you. Mm-hmm.